I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. On the third day he rose again, he ascended into heaven, he is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Greetings and salutations in the name of our Lord. Welcome to another fabulous day in the Lord's neighborhood. Ah, another episode of Coffee, the Bible, and Page is coming. I am your caffeine-imbued host, and here's my coffee. In the beginning, God created coffee, and it was good. Lo, it was very good. And today's uh, chapter of the Bible we're looking at will be Leviticus chapter 12. And this particular chapter holds... Uh, a tremendous amount of difficulty for me. Um, sometimes I think that over-educating myself would, ha- would be a detriment to my understanding of the Bible. Sometimes I honestly think uh, you can learn so much and you know you, it, it, that sometimes it gets in the way of understanding things. And by that, I mean, I've met people who were so, they were so smart that they sometimes get divorced from real life rubber meets a road situations. Um, Sometimes I think it's to my advantage that I don't have a Bible degree, though I wish I had one because I want one, because there's so much knowledge there and I'm, I'm in love with learning. But then there are times like today when I wish I had all of that to draw on, to understand what's going on in the scriptures. Because today's passage of scripture, and you'll see why in a minute, has left me totally standing alone in the dark. Um, let me just get right to it. I, don't, I think it will be self-explanatory here in a second. The Lord said to Moses, by the way, it's chapter 12, Leviticus. The Lord said to Moses, say to the Israelites, A woman who becomes pregnant and gives birth to a son will be ceremonially unclean for seven days, just as she is unclean during her monthly period. On the eighth day, the boy is to be circumcised. Then the woman must wait 33 days to be purified from her bleeding. She must not touch anything sacred or go to the sanctuary until the days of her purification are over. If she gives birth to a daughter, for two weeks the woman will be unclean, as during her period. And then she must wait 66 days to be purified from her bleeding. When the days of her purification for son or daughter are over, she is to bring to the priest at the entrance to the tent of meeting a year-old lamb for a burnt offering and a young pigeon or a dove for a sin offering. He shall offer them before the Lord to make atonement for her, and then she will be ceremonially clean from her flow of blood. These are the regulations for the woman who gives birth to a boy or a girl. But if she cannot afford a lamb, she is to bring two doves or two young pigeons, one for a burnt offering 
and the other for sin offering. In this way, the priest will make atonement for her and she will be clean. That's it. Gosh, Paige, what application can you bring into your life from this? I think I need more coffee. Hmm. This is one of those instances where I'm just throwing my hands up in the air and I'm going, God, I... I know this is important because it's in your word. And I know that there's a, there are principles here to teach, to learn from. But dear God, and I'm saying this honestly as a prayer, I'm not being facetious. Dear God, I don't get it. I don't see what I can learn from this. So let me start just by asking the questions that comes up. First of all, If a woman gives birth to a boy, she has to wait 33 days after the birth before she can be purified from her bleeding. If she gives birth to a girl, she has to wait 66 days, twice as long. I don't get it. I know that on the surface, this might look like God is being misogynistic maybe or that the Old Testament is um, treating women as less than or uh, that, I know that's not true because when we get to the New Testament, which is a fulfillment of all things Old Testament, we see the nature of God revealed in the way Jesus dealt with women and he did, he dealt with them honorably and he dealt with them uh, in a pure way so this isn't God putting down women. There must be a reason, but I just don't know. And sometimes when you read the Bible, you walk away with questions. Well, that's one I'm walking away with. I don't understand why a woman has to wait 66 days after the birth of a daughter to be purified, as opposed to why she only has to wait 33 days after a son is born. Don't know. Uh, the, the, I got a couple notes I wrote down here. Um, the first thought that came to mind was that I've seemed to remember in the New Testament, Jesus was walking along and a woman who had been bleeding for some time, like a, a never ending menstrual cycle, touched the hem of his garment. He says, that he felt power go out from him and she was healed. And she was in desperate straits because there was something medically wrong with her that caused her to have a never-ending menstrual cycle, apparently. And she was set free from that. What was she set free from? Well, if you're bleeding, you're unclean, which restricts your activities. You can't go to the temple. You can't go to... Worship with your friends. You have to be alone. You have to be isolated. Um, so uh, there's that. Jesus was really setting her free from the curse of that. But that doesn't answer my question about the why that I have here. First of all, why is a woman considered impure during her menstrual period at all? Well, there are some 
reasons, I think, that, that kind of makes sense. I found this statement. When the Torah says a woman on her period is unclean, it isn't being sexist and suggesting women are vile. It's saying that the blood itself makes things unclean, which we see that. You know, you you can't touch, you can't eat the meat with the blood in it. The blood brings life. The blood uh, takes away life. All right, when the blood leaves your body, you're done living. Um, the Torah's laws regarding bodily fluids reveal wisdom that's supported by science. Blood and any body fluid visibly contaminated with blood should be considered capable of transmitting hepatitis B, hepatitis C, and HIV. All right, so by isolating a woman who is having her menstrual cycle or who is recovering from the traumas that her body has gone through in childbirth, you're isolating her, protecting her, and protecting everybody around her from possible infectious diseases that coming in contact with this blood might have. I get that. So maybe that's it. Um, I, I don't see any spiritual reason or any spiritual lesson I can pull over this. Um, I am putting out an open call to my woman believer friends who might provide some insight to this. Um, as a man being married to a woman, I know that when my wife would go through her monthly cycle, uh, sometimes she would, she would be really debilitated, really tired. Um, sometimes it hurt because the uterus is contracting. Um, sometimes there's pain involved and some, you know, she, so sometimes she would rest more during that time because she was hurting more during that time. So maybe this injunction for a woman to be isolated during her menstrual cycle is to allow her to rest. Because the way God had made the woman's body, this blood would have, if she had been pregnant, what's being released from her uterus would have been there to give the growing child in her womb life. All right, so the mother's blood and the baby's blood are linked together. And when the baby comes out, it takes time for uh, the uterus to repair itself, if you will, her body to repair itself. And so maybe that's why we have to have uh, an extended period of time after a birth for the woman to be unclean or to be separated. Because when you're unclean, you can't go, anybody who touches somebody's unclean becomes unclean. Anybody who comes in contact with this blood would be unclean. So the answer is, until the blood stops flowing, keep the person isolated so she she doesn't contaminate people around her. Again, gosh, that makes me sound like I'm thinking that the women are less than and that they're the source of disease. That's not true. I see mercy here. I see God's grace here. I don't see a specific application to me, but I'm thinking maybe that's because I'm a man and I'm open to that 
being a possible answer why I don't see anything powerful here that would apply to me. But what I do see is that God, everything I do know that God's character is such that he cares for us more than we could possibly care for ourselves. When it says God so loved the world that he gave his only son, he loved us so much that he sent his son to die for us. So what's happening with the woman in this chapter comes out of God's love for her. He's caring for her. He isn't punishing her for being a woman. How do I know this? Because Jesus didn't punish that woman for being a woman. And Jesus is a visible manifestation of God. You know, it's it's funny, in a peculiar way, I guess. I used to wonder uh, how to deal with situations that I didn't understand that were going on in my life. For instance, I went through bankruptcy once. Uh, I'll just use that as an example. I did. There was a time when I didn't understand beyond the just the actual. Well, you're going through bankrupt because you're stupid with your money. I didn't understand why God was pulling me through this experience the way He did. And the one thing that kept me moving forward was what an old preacher told me once. And he says, "When you don't understand what God is doing or why God is doing it, understand His character. If you don't know the answer." Look to the character. What he was saying was, you know that God is just. So whatever's happening to you, in the end, it will be just. You know God loves you. You'll, whatever's happening to you, in the end, you'll see that it's coming out of God, what you're experiencing and going through is coming out of God's love and care for you. When you don't understand what's going on around you, look at the character of the God who's pulling you through it. We know God is just. We know he's loving. He loves us more than life itself. He So even if we don't understand something, we know the character of the one who's putting us through it, pulling us through it, and we can rest in that, knowing that someday the answer will come, but even if that answer doesn't come in a way that we can understand, we know that God cares for us, we know that God is just, we know that God is loving. So I read this passage of scripture, and even though I don't understand much of what's going on here, if anything, I understand this. It's not God being mean to women. It's not God demeaning women because God does not demean women. Women have a very special place in his heart and in his world. Uh, The New Testament elevates women. And so this isn't that. So it must be something else. What? What is it? Don't know. But I'm open to the fact that because I'm not a woman, that there's much here that I just won't understand. Because this is dealing with an intimate part of a woman's life that men will never be part of. After you give birth, it takes time to heal. So I get that. You're going to be considered impure for 33 or 66 days. It takes time to heal the womb. And... I'm not sure, but I think this would be considered a downtime for the woman. Um, she'd have to be resting a lot, bonding with her child. All right, she's this is time alone where a woman would be alone with her child. I can see perhaps that being what's going on here. Um, but there's a lot here I don't know, and I'm not afraid to say I don't know. 
But I know this, God is just. God cares. He loves us. So I can tell you what this isn't. This isn't God saying women are less than. This isn't God saying women are being punished. <laughs> punished more for having a girl than for having a boy. So I've heard somebody say that based on what she's unclean for 33 days if she has a boy and unclean 66 days if she has a girl. I don't understand what that's all about. But I understand this. I know what it's not about. It's not God punishing women for being less than. It's not God putting women down. What exactly it is, I don't know. I'm going to be honest. Sometimes we need passages of scripture like this that just elevate our lack of understanding. And I would be open to any of my women friends that would provide some insight on this for me. You can reach me at my email address, ffog at me.com. Uh, you can find me on Facebook page, P-A-I-G-E, Garwood, G-A-R-W-O-O-D. I would love to hear from you. And if you have any insight to this, I'm all ears. All right, that's all. God's got me puzzled here, folks. But I'm okay with that because he's God. Here's my coffee. I'm Paige. I'm out of here. Have a great day. Bye-bye. 